Welcome to Radiant Alchemy with Sakara Ray. Take a little break and join me for a short little while while we contemplate ways that we can make our lives easier and more joyful and live more authentically in our life's purpose. Let's get started. Happy New Year, dear ones. I am glad to be with you after taking the month of December off from the podcast. It's nice to be back with you, and I hope you're having a wonderful New Year so far. We're a week in, and hopefully you still are carrying your motivation and enthusiasm for making those positive changes. If you've fallen off track, don't worry. You can start over again tomorrow, you can start over again this evening, you can start over again right now. So it's always a good time to be working towards positive change. Don't get discouraged if you fall off. So um, I had wanted to do this at my last podcast, but then really was feeling sort of in the moment with the message and, and wisdom that I was receiving after my cousin's passing, and so I decided to bump this. But I had promised you that I would uh, a few times a year take the time to answer some of your questions. So I shuffled through some of the emails that I had received um, over the last month back in December and decided to just pick three and go from there. So let's go ahead and get started. The first question is about anxiety. And this is from Jared, and Jared is wondering um, what to do to cope with anxiety and why he can't quite get rid of it. Uh, Jared, that is a great question. It is a little bit vague. It would be helpful if I knew specifically what you were having anxiety about. Um, That being said, anxiety is a extreme manifestation of fear and worry. Uh, And I believe that anxiety begins to form when we have felt that we've lost our ability to control a situation or when something is beyond our control or our power to uh, change or affect. So, um, you know, there there are things like anxiety about a job interview, which is something that's sort of acute and transient and then the event happens and it's over. And then there are people that live in sort of a constant state of anxiety and are feeling anxious about things um, that maybe the average person or someone who doesn't struggle with anxiety would find silly or have difficulty understanding. I'm guessing, Jared, that you are talking about living in a state of more constant anxiety. Um, I would like to connect with you about maybe doing some worry reduction coaching together one-on-one. But I'll give you kind of a little cliff notes version of what we often do in that coaching. So with anxiety, one of the most effective things that I find in working with people is that we sort of spin our wheels all day long thinking about the same thing over and over and over again, right? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? So a lot of times anxiety is precipitated by something traumatic like an extreme illness or a surgery or um, 
you know, losing a loved one or a separation in a relationship. And sometimes it just really imprints on us. And so we end up carrying that around into other things and feeling anxious about situations that don't really call for it, right? We're still in that survival fight or flight mechanism um, over things that really don't require any kind of um, defense or safety mechanism. So it may then spill over into feeling anxious about being in a crowded place or um, an unfamiliar place, or even um, some people start to form anxiety about leaving the house. Um, So what I find when I work with my clients is that they often spin their wheels about kind of the same few things over and over and over again. What if this? What if this? What if that? What if that? So the first thing that I have people do is to create a space for themselves in their home and it is their little worry corner or nook or spot and I advise that you do this first thing in the morning you have 15 minutes to worry okay that's it you set the timer on your phone this is your spot where you do this and it is not a multitasking thing I don't want you doing this while you're eating breakfast because you're going to associate eating with anxiety I don't really want you to do it laying in bed because you're going to associate your bed with the anxiety. I want you to find a spot where this is where you worry and then it's done. So you set your timer for 15 minutes and you write every single thing that's worrying you. You have 15 minutes and that's it. And what's great about this is it's just like a little to-do list, okay? So we don't go back and say, hmm... Did I brush my teeth? I better go check. Or did I run the dishwasher? Or did I get dressed this morning? We just do things systematically and they're done and we sort of check them off our list mentally or physically and we know that they're taken care of. But with worry, we kind of keep going back to it over and over again. And so I want you to start to think of this, Jared, just like an item on your checklist. So when the thoughts start to creep back in, You can just go, nope, I already did that today. I had my 15 minutes. Um, I did my little checklist. My worrying for today is done. Okay, so that's part one of it. Part two is a little more in depth than I can get into right now. But what I want you to do to fill that space, because it's not just as easy as saying, oh, I already worried, because your mind wants to continue in this pattern and this habit that you've established. So what I want you to do to fill that space is to um, put your hands anywhere on your on your body that feels safe to you. You could put one on your, you know, one hand over your heart and one hand over your solar plexus, or you could put one down near your sacral chakra and one in your solar plexus. Um, put your hands in two spaces that feel um, comforting and nurturing to you. And I want you to take a deep breath and just check in with yourself in that moment and see if you're okay. And by seeing if you're okay, what I mean is, are you physically safe? Um, Are you in danger in any way? Are you safe? Are you fed? Are you clothed? Do you have oxygen in your lungs? Um, Are you protected from the elements? Um, In this moment, are you okay? And so I want you to breathe in. And when you exhale, I want you to say, I'm okay. And then I want you to breathe in again, exhale, check in, I'm okay. 
And I want you to do that anywhere from three to 10 times. Take some deep breaths. And as you exhale, you say to yourself, and I want you to say it out loud, I'm okay. Because if you're okay in this moment, then there's no reason for anxiety to be present. So most of our anxiety comes from either reliving things that have happened or we're projecting a fear into something that hasn't happened and we don't even know if it's actually going to happen. So we have to come back to this moment and remind ourselves right now in this moment. So even for me right now in this moment, what am I doing? I'm sitting here in my chair. I'm a perfect temperature. Um, I'm in my apartment. It's quiet. It's calm. There are no threats to my safety. Eh, I could come up with a couple complaints here that I have a dull headache or maybe I didn't get enough sleep, but those aren't causes for me to be afraid or anxious. So in this moment, I'm sitting here in my chair, just speaking to you and I'm okay. Are there things that I didn't get done this morning? Are there things that I'm worried about later in this week? Sure, right now, this moment, I'm okay. And you know what, with this next breath, I'm okay. So those are two little things that you can do just to get started. But Jared, I really want to work with you one-on-one, -on -one, okay? So let's reconnect and, and get you started on some viable um, steps that are um, easy and effective for you to sort of re-pattern your brain um, to get away from anxiety. So you have 15 minutes to worry. Check, that's done. And then when the worry comes up again after that, deep breath, I'm okay, all right? That was a great question, and I spent more time on that than I meant to, but um, it's hard for me to sort of truncate that worry reduction coaching. Um, so that's my super Cliff Notes version. Okay, so my next question is from Courtney, who says, I am trying to get healthy. I am trying to get healthy as my New Year's resolution, and I'm not sure where to start. Should I exercise? Should I change my diet? What do I need to do first? Okay, Courtney, wonderful question. I think that's everybody's top priority with New Year's, isn't it? Just to get healthy, whether it's to lose weight or change what you're eating or be able to fit into a size whatever, look good for bikini season. It is probably the most common New Year's resolution and also the one that people fail on most often and I think that you've hit the nail right on the head and that is where do I start? I think where people fail is that they think they need to do all of the things all of the time and that's not realistic and as I've said many times before and I'll say many times again if it was easy you would have already done it. So if it was easy to stop drinking you wouldn't be drinking. If it was easy to quit smoking you would stop smoking. If it was easy to not eat chocolate, we just wouldn't eat chocolate. Um, but we have these physiological responses to addictive substances, which is a whole other thing and actually will kick into the final question here. Um, so where do you start with getting healthy? I think it is an individual thing, but Courtney, this is what I will say. I think that to truly be healthy, I'm not talking about being physically fit, I'm talking about being healthy as a whole person, we need four things. We need proper nutrition, we need movement, we need to heal from 
um, emotional wounds or trauma and release those. Um, because again, just like with the anxiety, once we start getting hardwired for a certain way of thinking or feeling, we need to do the work to unravel that and create something new. And the fourth thing is, um, important social relationships, having a tribe. Okay. It's not really realistic that you're going to do all four of those things in a day. Start small is the best advice that I can give you. So the way that I do coaching with people is to baby step our way to success. I'm, you're not going to go out and run a marathon this weekend, right? You're going to start by maybe going for a 10-minute walk every day and jogging for the last 30 or 60 seconds, and you're going to slowly build your endurance up. Okay, this, it's the same thing with food. If you just rip everything out, some people can do it. I am a person that can do that. I can flip that switch and go into a completely different way of eating and get through it. I'm able to do that because I've done it a few times before and because I'm able to very rapidly feel the positive changes that happen in my body. Um, for most people, I suggest starting small because if you've been eating sugar or processed food for a long time, your body is literally addicted to those substances and the withdrawal is not fun. And I will tell you, I'm a person that generally eats healthy healthier than almost anyone I know and even when I fall off of the wagon um, I feel those symptoms so I definitely ate a lot of chocolate over the break and cut chocolate out cold turkey and uh, over this weekend I think I think Saturday was the last day I had chocolate and I'm on day three of just sort of a low level dull headache because my body wants that sugar um, but I know that on the other side of that is me feeling so much better. So number one, start small. Maybe just give one thing up at a time. Give up sugar, give up chocolate, give up caffeine. Give up a substance that you know truly has no nutritional value and is not feeding your body in any way. And then be patient. Be gentle with yourself for the first week because you're not going to feel 100%. You're going to be moody. You're going to need extra rest. Um, you're going to crave those foods really hard. And that's where number four comes in, having that strong social network and tribe. If you have some accountability buddies that you can call or get together with that will sort of walk you through and keep you off that ledge, you can break through that barrier and come out the other side. So number one is start small. Get rid of one thing each week that you know is not benefiting your body in any fashion. And... Give yourself something every week that is nourishing. So if you're not a person that really likes vegetables, try a new vegetable or try a salad. Um, but start small. I, it's very rare for me to suggest that somebody just flips the switch and goes cold turkey. So start small with the food. Uh, number two is movement. Again, start small. I think why people quit at the gym or with exercises because they get very manic. They think they have to do it all at once. They think they have to kill it. They think I have to work out five days a week and by week two they've only made it twice and they go, ah, crap, I'm no good, and they quit. If you've made it twice, you've made it twice. That's great. 
it's hard in the winter to find something you can stick with because we don't really want to be outside. So find an activity that feels good for you. There are apps, there are, um, you know, I'm sure you can find something on YouTube, but there are apps with even things as short as 10 minute workouts. Um, if you still have a DVD player, you know, play some old yoga DVDs or find a gym where you can just, you know, maybe get in the pool, get on the treadmill. And again, start small, do maybe 10 minutes of activity a day. And maybe you start your day with a little bit of stretching or you end your night with a little bit of stretching, but just creating a little pocket of maybe 10 minutes a day that's just devoted to moving your body. You have 10 minutes. If you have 10 minutes to sit on the toilet and play Candy Crush, you have 10 minutes to get around and, and move your body a little bit, okay? So um, we're gonna start small with the food and we're gonna start small with the movement. Those two things in and of themselves are pretty significant changes. If you can do both of those in a week, that's pretty incredible. Um, if you want to start by making the dietary changes first and then adding some movement in on week two and then swapping something else out of your diet on week three and upping the movement a little bit on week four, that's fine. As long as you're making small steps and you're finding something that allows you to be consistent, that's all that I care about, okay? So little, little, little steps um, with diet and nutrition. Those are probably the two most important things. Uh, I do recommend doing whatever you need to do to sort of release and heal from any kind of emotional wounds, whether that's counseling or reading some kind of self-help book or journaling, um, meditation, anything that allows you to release those things that are holding you back. And then again, keeping that strong social network and that tribe because we are meant to be social creatures. So eat, move, release and heal and get your tribe. Okay. That's a great question, Courtney. And again, boy, you guys give me some good ones where they really need more than just five or 10 minutes each, but I hope that helps you. Okay, great. So we're running a little late here, but I want to try to get to one more question really quickly. Okay, so this question is from Hannah. Um, and Hannah is feeling a little uh, judgmental over herself, I would say. So Hannah says, I had the best of intentions over the holidays, but now that they're over, I find that I'm still overeating and eating foods that aren't good for me. How do I stop? Okay, Hannah, great question. And boy, these all just kind of tie in together, don't they, this week? First of all, give yourself a little bit of grace. Everything in moderation, including moderation, right? I think that was Emerson that said that. Everybody deserves to have a week or two off to just sort of put everything down. We all indulge a little bit over the holidays. We're all a little bit lazier over the holidays. It's fine. I think our bodies actually respond really well sometimes when we just give them a little bit of a break. So if you were eating crummy food over the holidays, don't worry about it. We can all have the best of intentions, but again, myself included, I ate a lot of chocolate over the holidays. Even knowing that it's not the best thing for me and I don't feel amazing after I have it. So give yourself a little break on that. 
It happened, it's over. Now we need to get intentional. There are times where we can make a mistake and go, okay, that happened, I'm gonna move forward. Then there are times where we can think, okay, I made a mistake and I might do it again next weekend. This is where we get into a slippery slope where people really go down a dark path and I have a hard time reeling them back in is, I did great this week, so I'm gonna reward myself. Rewarding yourself is not eating food that does not serve you. Rewarding yourself is something entirely different. So you can't do, um, there are no diets out there that I endorse, by the way, but I'm just going to throw one out there because they're all so trendy, but I'm not endorsing this on any level because I think diets need to be very individualized. But let's say, hey, it's January 1st. I'm doing the whole 30. Can you get through the whole 30? fantastic. February 1st, what do you do? You go out and buy a pizza. That is one of the worst things that you can do for your body. To me, that is the equivalent of somebody going to a 30-day rehab, coming out and doing a line of cocaine. Your body cannot handle something once you've cleared your system of it. So, um, and you know, it's, I think it's common for us to overeat over the holidays, Hannah, so don't you know, again, don't, don't blame yourself for that, but check, check back in with yourself. And the fact that you're reaching out to me says that you are ready to get back into control, um, on this situation. So some people, you know, are alcoholics. Some people are drug addicts. Some people are sex addicts and some people are food addicts. And I think food addiction is far more pervasive than we think it is. I am not a licensed addiction counselor, okay? So I am not pretending that I have this all figured out and I understand everything that happens in the brain and the biochemistry and all of that. My experience in working with people that have addiction is that there is this tremendous underlying feeling of, I do this because I don't want to feel this. I do this because I don't want to feel this way anymore. And it could be anything. It could be sadness. It could be fear. It could be nerves, loneliness. But when we are putting something into our bodies that we know is not really benefiting us, it's because it provides us from some level of distraction or comfort or a numbing effect. And there is food that's called comfort food for a reason. So when we have a crummy day, pretty much nobody comes home and says, man, my day sucks. Where are my celery sticks, right? What do we want to do? And I do this too. I will completely own up to it. Once or twice a year, I have a day where I go, forget it. I'm stopping at my favorite little bakery and I'm getting myself a cupcake, knowing that before I'm done with that cupcake, I'm going to have a headache and in fact, I'm going to be standing over my trash can, licking the icing off of the wrapper with a headache so bad that I feel like I'm going to puke because that's what sugar does to us um, or any other addictive substance, okay? So don't blame yourself for falling off the wagon and overeating. But what we need to do is reel that back in. Um, if you want comfort food, I would say go for something like mashed potatoes where they're pretty heavy they're pretty filling 
um, something like that, but staying away from, again, we don't, we don't comfort ourselves with, you know, carrots and hummus. We want ice cream. We want potato chips. We want things that are really bad for us. Greasy food because we want to feel full. We literally are trying to fill a void or put ourselves into a place where we're so full that we're tired and we can sleep and not have to continue feeling whatever it is that's unpleasant. So I guess, Hannah, what I would say to you is I would like you to check in with what it is that has now extended beyond the holidays. Is it just that you've developed a slight addiction? You ate a bunch of chocolate or sugar and now you don't want to deal with the unpleasantness of the withdrawal? Or has something triggered something in you where you're feeling like you still need to overeat because you're trying to mask or fill mask an emotion or fill a void. And if that's the case, then what I want you to remember is that overeating is just one possible option. Okay. That's just one coping mechanism. So whatever it is, it's triggering you to say, Hey, I don't feel okay in my body right now. I need to do this. Okay. You could overeat. That's one option. Another option would be what I had said with Jared, taking 10 deep breaths, I'm okay, I'm okay. Um, another option would be, again, journaling or meditating or exercising to sort of purge those emotions out. Uh, you could read a book, you could call a friend. You can fill that time in that space with anything other than food. So I wanna encourage you to try a different way of redirecting yourself remembering that food is just one option. And if it's truly just that you're feeling hungry, then go ahead and reach for those carrots and celery. If after a couple bites, you don't really want the carrots and celery, you're not actually hungry. You're, you're eating for comfort. So, um, and again, boy, all, of, all three of these questions are great and I would love to, to be able to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. So, the difficult part about emails that I don't always know where everybody is. So to Jared and Courtney and Hannah, if you are local to my office, then I would love to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. If you are um, out of my region, we can certainly do uh, distance coaching uh, over the phone or through Skype or FaceTime or anything like that. So thank you so much. Those were great questions and I hope that I was of good service and able to address those a little bit for you. None of those are very easy, straightforward, quick fixes, but I hope that I gave each of you a little bit uh, to go on, a little, a little springboard to sort of get started. Please keep those questions coming. I love it. And you know, really what I love about these questions today is that they're super duper common. So you three were brave enough to put it out there but I guarantee you for the three of you that reached out to me, there are probably 30 people nodding their heads going, exactly, exactly, I feel the same way. So thank you for reaching out and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and allowing me to put this out on the air. I'm so excited to be back with you again next week. I hope you have a wonderful, blessed evening and we will reconnect soon. Have a great day, dear ones. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Sakara Ray and Sheeler or get in touch with me, please go to my website, 
www.sheeler.net or send me an email at ray at Hope to hear from you soon.